ready to go. Well, welcome everyone this afternoon to our session. Um, and my name is Cynthia Gallant. I lead the global ecosystem of our channels and alliance partners in the end user computing space for AWS. I've been with the company about three years, a fantastic ride, uh, if anyone has watched uh, our company progress over that three years. Joining me today will be Carla Blickensturfer, who leads our North America partners for end user computing. And the topic today is to look at really the opportunity that is arising as a result of customer needs that they're pausing before they undertake uh, some of the milestone decisions they have when they're going to be upgrading or refreshing their end user computing environment. So the objective of the session today is to review those customer trends that are driving a very rapid increased need and interest in transforming their end user workspace and the opportunity for our APN partners, which this community is probably likely a part of. Um, before I get started on the topics, maybe I'll just do a quick poll. Um, how many of the audience are current APN partners? Okay, just about everyone. Our mo uh, how many are uh, consulting partners, APN consulting partners? Okay, good. And how many are APN technology partners? Good. Any from outside of the US? Oh, good. So for those who can't see this on the replay, we have a very good mix of APN consulting partners, APN technology partners, both from the U.S. and from outside the U.S. So the topics that we'll cover are the trends that, the customer trends within their organization that are causing them to look differently and to pursue workspace transformation. And the opportunity that presents for our APN partners to assist customers as they undertake that journey. We'll go through a quick update on our portfolio of AWS Enterprise Desktop and Application Services. Um, the intent there is just to give you an update on the services that we have, because there are much more detailed, in-depth sessions on each and every one of them that you can find if you just do a search within the um, session catalog based on the name of the service. The services we're going to really focus on today, though, are the services for desktop and applications on AWS, even though the portfolio is broader than that. Then next, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And based on the trends that we've talked about and the update on the services that we have, we're going to be joined uh, by our customers and partners who are undertaking workspace transformation, workspace space transformation. Um, and sharing their experiences, why they started down that path, um, how do they go about it, what are the benefits that they've realized to date, and where are they heading in the future. Uh, they, of course, this wouldn't be a proper partner session if we didn't share with you the tools and the programs that are available to help partners in this market to accelerate customer adoption. And we'll close with a wrap-up and a call to action uh, for you to begin engaging with your customers. So let's start with the opportunity. There's two major drivers of the opportunity. The workforce itself, the workforce landscape is changing. And I'm going to go through some of the statistics of the way that it's changing. And second, of course, the technology continues to change. In terms of the workforce changing, 
one of the most interesting statistics that I've seen is that as of 2016, 30%, excuse me, 38% of the global workforce is now non-employees. And that's increased 30% over the last five years. That's a significant trend and a significant um, a number in terms of the total population today that is non-employee workforce. In addition, in the US, 43% of employees worked remotely during 2016. And in some of the more recent um, uh, surveys done of millennials, they actually rank the ability to work remotely as one of their top criteria for their employment decisions. So very important as we all look at that next set of talent acquisition, which is critical in our organizations. In addition, global mergers and acquisitions now reached 3.6 trillion in 2016 and, and will continue at an active pace. While the workforce itself is changing, we're also, and, and probably not news to many of you here, we're also being uh, faced with increased security breaches. In, by May of 2017, there were over 1,200 reported security breaches. That was 29% higher than the period just one year ago. And the figures of the impact on the business are staggering, as noted here on the slide. So for, for IT organizations, this is uh, causing a challenge in terms of the balance. IT organizations need to secure the corporate assets while not slowing or infringing on the, uh, the employee productivity or the business agility that they need to quickly onboard new talent. So that challenge is what's driving this need for workspace transformation and how they approach delivering desktops and applications to their end users. The technology landscape is changing. We all know that. That's part of why we're here. But uh, there are increased compliance and security requirements, either specific to an industry or a geography. Um, and for example, in the European Union, there's a compliance regulation that's coming with a very specific deadline known as a General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR regulation, and there's a specific deadline of May of 2018 for that compliance. So organizations need to be looking at what they're going to do to address that need, especially when it comes to their end user services, where they may be at risk. The other thing that's happening on the technology side is that there continues to be hardware and software upgrades that our, your customers and our collective customers face. Those can be uh, upgrades on the Windows side for their end user services. In, um, by 2020, the end of life extended support for Windows 7 is going to be here. That's two years out. There are also major VDI software versions that are coming to end of life. And all of this is having our customers talk to us and pausing and saying, I want to take a new approach. And not just because of the technology advances that are there, but because I have a changing workforce. In addition, on the <clears throat> technology side, if you look at our services, such as Amazon Workspaces and AppStream, we now support scalable graphics instance types. And that now opens up a whole new set of use cases 
for graphics-intensive applications to be run in the cloud, such as CAD in the cloud. That is an increasing trend. You can run these applications now at a fraction of the cost at what you previously would use running them on very specialized workstation hardware. So some important technology trends that are driving the change here as well, customer change. <clears throat> at AWS, we always work backwards from the customer and what the customers are telling us. And they are saying they need, want to change the way work is done, given these dynamics. They want to take advantage and, of being able to flexibly onboard non-employees. And those could include contingent workers, such as consultants, such as um, uh, contractors who are doing uh, development, application development. It, include, it could include what's called a gig workforce uh, term in the industry, or agile talent, where very specialized niche talent is needed for a particular project and may be onboarded and then, and then you know, offboarded as it's no longer needed. You can see that word agility really playing out in the need for this workforce transformation. And that agility is going to be the difference in the organizations really remaining and leading in their com competitiveness in their fields. This is very touchy. Sorry about that. The, other, the only way to do this, then, is to really have a secure, elastic, managed service running in the cloud that offers the new cost and security models that customers are increasingly relying on in, of, in cloud models and pricing models. That's going to free up operation cycles within IT organizations to focus on innovation and to improve the user experience. And that, in addition, will reduce dependency on hardware and software upgrade cycles that are consuming many of the IT cycles. I'm sorry, this is advancing almost on a mind of its own. <laughs> I think I'll hold it out like this. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the opportunity in terms of new users or new virtual desktop or application users, but there's also a very large base of existing VDI users. And they want to take advantage of the same opportunities of, of running cloud-based managed services for their virtual desktop and app delivery. But until they can get there, often driven by the deadlines on their license renewals for the software or hardware refreshes, they need some hybrid options. This is where customers are coming to us and talking to our bus. I'm sure many of you here are seeing and hearing some of those same trends. How does that translate in terms of the size of the opportunity for AWS and our partners. And I think one of the statistics that really struck me was by Gartner, that by 2019, approximately a year from now, 50% of new virtual desktop users will be deployed on a desktop as a service platform. This is advancing <laughs> all on its own. Um, so very sizable if you, focus in this area at all. Um, maybe I should just advance it from here. Is there a way to? OK. So I need to go back. OK, I need to go back then. OK. That's fine. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, so that growth in terms of the new virtual desktops. 
it's also impacting the market size for virtual desktop software, or desktop virtualization software, which includes both the applications and the desktops being delivered virtually. By 2021, it's expected that the growth there is going to go from six, approximately $6 billion in 2016 to $28 billion. And for those of us who have been involved in this space in the past, we know that the, really the market had plateaued, has plateaued for a number of years just until recently. So these new numbers are significant that the analysts are measuring this type of change that's going on in the market. So for our customers and for our partners, there's sort of two general use cases. Go after those users who are not virtualized today and, and to look at transforming the way that they work in your, in your organization. Those are what I call the greenfield use cases. Those are uses where the, it was too expensive or too, cost, uh, or too complex to deploy VDI to address the needs of that user base. And that's a, usually, for our partners, that's usually a very, and for our customers, that's usually a quick way to get started with our services, such as Amazon Workspaces and AppStream, starting in those areas where they're running the physical still desktops, non-virtualized, get accustomed to the, to the technology, get the customer feedback, get your end user feedback, and then the service typically will spread in terms of the user experience. In addition, though, there's an extremely large base of installed VDI users. Over 50 million is the estimate. And again, they're, as they're hitting these deadlines for hardware and software refreshes and even other types of compliance and security deadlines, they're looking, they're evaluating cloud-based options now. And that's why we feel strongly that you should be engaging with your customer in these dialogues because they are asking for assistance. So I'm going to take a minute and just provide an update on our end-user computing portfolio because it, it, it has changed and it will continue to change. In typical Amazon style, we're, we're really expanding the, the offers that we have in this space, and you'll continue to see that uh, even going into the remainder of this year and next year. So we have secure managed services running in the cloud in these three categories of productivity applications for end users, for desktop and application streaming, and for communications and contact center. Amazon Chime, which is our collaboration in unified communications, was a new service in 2017, as well as Amazon Connect, which is our self-service um, contact center software based off of the customer service contacts under software that we use globally at Amazon ourselves. So you can see the portfolio is, is, ta is taking greater sh shape and expanding, and it will continue to do so. As I mentioned, the focus for the rest of the presentation and more so today, we're going to look at the desktop and application streaming use cases. In addition to our services from AWS, we work with our, our ISV software partners. And one of those partners is Citrix. And with Citrix, we have options for customers to uh, run in a hybrid model on AWS, where they may be bursting to AWS for compute or backup or disaster recovery. 
most of those customers are doing that while they're really waiting for the right kinds of triggers and um, to move to a full, pure desktop as a service model. In addition, um, Citrus Cloud, which is the newer offer, you can run the resource plane on AWS. So in spirit of customer choice and, and AWS um, principles, we also work with strategic partners. Well, what are customers approaching us for in terms of the areas that they need help from their partners? Three major categories in the plan, architect, and design stage, the migration stage, and in the managed service stage. In the plan, architect, and design, you can see things like device strategy, application inventory, user profiles, and selection of the right bundle and instance type, security and network design early on, and of course, planning for the ongoing user management. Then the phase will come. Some of that is often done in an upfront engagement, as you'll hear from some of our partners. And then the decision, and there's usually some sort of proof of concept or pilot undertaken. And then there'll be a more broad scale migration project where the whole user environment will come on board to AWS, often in waves. Um, network and security and backup implemented and optimized, Active Directory integration, and integration into operations and service management software running in these organizations. The third area of opportunity that we hear from customers more inc increasingly is they like an ongoing managed service to handle the things that are their responsibility, even though they're running a managed service in AWS cloud. Um, so these things like launching, terminating, and rebuilding instances, help desk and IT uh, support and problem resolution, patch management and application updates. So some partners are building partner-branded managed services around these areas. We have examples in our partner base of both consulting partners who offer this, as well as software companies that focus in a particular industry. Last year, I had a partner here called Vertifor, and they have application software for insurance agencies. And they package that with workspaces and deliver that entire work environment to their insurance agents in a managed service and ongoing offer. So there's opportunities for both if you're an application provider as well as a consulting partner. This is just a sample list of customers running their Windows desktops and apps in a virtual manner hosted on AWS. Um, and it's, it, there's, we're purposely randomly selected in terms of to show you the breadth they're all different sizes, all different industries, including commercial and public sector customers. We have a much broader list than this, but we wanted to at least share a representation of the users today. But we're going to switch gears for a minute, because having been on that side of the, present, of the presentation, it's always good to hear the real-life examples from our partners and from our customers. So we've really been privileged to be joined by three customers and by three partners. And uh, what we'll be doing is bringing them up and having them run through or run some question and answer with each of them. I'll start with the customers. Um, so I'd like to ask the customer from Johnson & Johnson, from Patheon, and Bridgewater. So on the far left is Jeff from Johnson & Johnson. 
in the middle is John from Pathion, and on my respected left here is Ron from Bridgewater. So Jeff, we'll start with you. Um, and maybe you can tell us about your journey on this workforce transformation and what services you're using within J&J &J today. What were the primary use cases that spurred you to do something different? Sure. Uh, our journey started uh, probably in about 2011, 2012, where we started to uh, face the need to, to reduce the number of devices users carried uh, while providing the same degree of services that they had uh, prior uh, with their laptops. Um, we tried some on-premise, um, you know, uh, options, and then we quickly realized that that didn't really fit our economic uh, or our capacity and demand management models. So we shifted gears and we started looking at the cloud services that were available, uh, which is when we partnered with Amazon and we uh, brought uh, workspaces to uh, to the environment, which we tested and, and launched in April of 2015. Excellent. Great. And, and are you trying some new services as well more recently? I think I had heard of some other Yeah, we, we are launching AppStream in, in De uh, December 8th, so in, in about a week or so. Excellent. And um, I'll, further down, you'll tell us about some of those use cases where you're going to be applying each of those, so that's great. Sure. Um, what were some of the business triggers or prompts that had you sort of get off your past cycle of either physical desktops or running you know, on BDI and try something very different to transform your workspace? Well, I think it, it was primarily driven, a lot of it was consumerization uh, that, that drove uh, a desire for people to have the choice uh, to, to, to work on any device that they wanted. Uh, mobility had a big play in that as well. Uh, when the iPad came out, there was a, a strong demand to start to, to drive more mobile uh, scenarios with the same degree of security and capabilities. Um, so BYOD has been a, a big focus for us, and, and we leverage it heavily for our non-employees. You know, I saw on your slide you had, you know, kind of indicated yep. that we have a good-sized uh, community of non-employees where we, we see very, e you know, positive economic uh, value as well. Good. And I think you had some numbers in terms of how many um, users you're able to spin up quickly and spin down on a regular basis. It's, it's quite a an impressive number using more of a managed service now versus uh, deploying on-premise. Um, and then how about some of the business benefits that you're realizing to date from some of these projects that you've deployed? Well, you mentioned a big one. I mean, in our non-employee world, we see a lot of churn. So, you know, every, every month there's, you know, thousands of, of, of folks that come and go, right? So uh, projects end, you know, non-employees tend to uh, phase out and then new projects begin and, and non-employees phase on. So we, we do see a, a benefit month on month of not having to do that physically. Right? That, that is a significant upside uh, to the agility that doing it in the cloud gives us. Excellent. I know you um, had shared with me earlier that um, you're also able to take advantage of some agile talent in terms of graphics design users um, as well as how your sales teams are looking at using some of this new technology. Yeah, I mean, sales, uh, you know, the opportunity there is really trying to reduce the number of devices that they carry, and we're really trying to push, uh, you know, them to, to leverage whatever device that they choose and not have to provide, you know, company-owned assets across uh, the spectrum like we had prior. Um, and, you know, so we do have some other interesting use cases. We use, uh, uh, you know, the virtual desktops for our, our mergers and acquisitions quite, quite extensively. Uh, and we do have some uh, interesting uh, activities going on with graphics and, and you know, higher performance uh, compute where uh, engineering or graphics design uh, users are really benefiting. That's excellent. Great. 
Um, and the question everyone always wants to hear, what's gone as expected and sort of what's been a surprise to you as you've taken this journey? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I think we, we expected the technology to, to, to be fairly seamless, which, you know, I think we've, we've experienced for the most part. The, the surprises came just in trying to drive BYOD. Um, you know, lots of complexity there in, in terms of, of uh, um, you know, laws and, and, and tax and, you know, just the considerations to try to drive, drive BYOD. And plus, uh, when we go into our non-employee world, we have contracts in place. Some of those contracts have language that is more favorable for us to drive BYD and some don't. So those, you know, we were learning as we went and that was one of the areas where we found some surprises. Excellent. Future directions, any thoughts on future directions in this space for Johnson & Johnson? Well, I think we'll continue to leverage uh, every technology we can to, 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 you know, disaggregate and drive, you know, BYOD and, and device of choice and less uh, company ownership where it makes sense not to have uh, company provided assets and we'll just continue expanding that um, for the economic upside but also for end user experience uh, improvement so that's excellent I know um, you talked a little bit about your sales teams now the desire to have iPads and to be able to um, project to their customers real time uh, really the use of that product um, in the medical device area. So very innovative ways that you're changing the way that your end user workspaces uh, are deployed. So that's great. Um, next uh, here is John Craven from Patheon. And John, maybe you can sort of give us an overview of Patheon in case folks are not familiar with what you do. Sure. So Patheon is a uh, contract uh, drug manufacturing organization. And uh, so we'll work with uh, pharma companies like Bayer, Merck, Pfizer, et cetera, um, will actually provide the manufacturing space and um, equipment to, to produce their drugs in multiple uh, delivery methods. And so it's essentially we're the outsource partner for them. Yep. Great. And what were some of the triggers in your business that had you look at differently at how you deliver end user services? Yeah. So the initial trigger was a, a revamp of our whole IT strategy and, and um, you know, how do we integrate the cloud as well as some cost savings. But uh, what really ended up happening was we saw um, sort of had, Jeff had mentioned where we, we acquire one to two companies a year. And um, this has just been a huge benefit for that, right? It's a, it's a huge reduction in time, depending on the scope of the, the acquisition uh, to stand up that platform and bring those users on and onboard them as Patheon employees and give them that Patheon experience. Excellent. Um, and how about benefits both to your end users but also to your IT organization? What kinds of things have you seen? So I think the, the biggest thing for the end user um, is some of the feedback that we've gotten where uh, they'll tell us, you know, this is 100 times better than VPN. Why, are we, why would we ever go back to that or why would we use it for anything? As well as the ability to uh, switch from, from one device in a working session, pick up on another device, it doesn't matter where it is, what it is and be right where they left off on our business network. And then from the you know, IT perspective, just the ability to um, scale up a number of machines quickly and provide functionality and access to our, our corporate assets internally and our services. That's great. Does that relieve some of the operational burden and hopefully give you more time to innovate and provide a better end user experience? Is that what you, are you finding that at all? De definitely. It's, um, it really does reduce that overhead and that labor intensity, yeah. right? And um, where have you engaged either to date or are you thinking of engaging an AWS partner to assist you? 
So we um, worked with Cognizant. Uh, they, they helped us uh, really review our overall strategy um, for IT and how we wanted to work in the cloud. And they were very instrumental in, in bringing us uh, sort of up to speed and getting our pilot program going for our organization and uh, helping us walk through all that, the process and best practices of getting it stood up. And then, um, so phenomenal job there. And then I think in the future, what we're kind of looking at is if we expand uh, into different Amazon regions uh, for some of our different sites, different corners of the world is, you know, getting their expertise to help with that. That's excellent. And I will share that um, John had told me he, has, he gets the award for innovative ideas during this process. He said we should create an Amazon Dash button to really create and open up new workspaces right, for awesome. these end users. So you better be careful because someone will yeah, hear I'm, that I'm, and do that. It's, it's out there now. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you so much, John. And um, here, next is Ron Bledsoe from Bridgewater Associates. And Ron, I'll ask you to start with the same question in case people aren't familiar with your company. Uh, excuse me. Uh, so Bridgewater Associates is a hedge fund based out of Westport, Connecticut. Great. <laughs> I can explain what a hedge fund is, but no, that might great. be a little painful. I think um, the, what I read about the company, it's the largest. In uh, we are the world's largest hedge fund um, with north of $160 billion under management. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And um, what were some of the ch business triggers that had you look at doing something different at this juncture? Um, I mean, the, the biggest, the most important thing was just really improving user experience. Um, uh, something I think all of us, all of us have been trying to do. And then, uh, like what most companies, we want to improve kind of IT operational efficiency. So those two things. No, that's great. And I'm assuming your users are pretty sophisticated. <laughs> and, uh, uh, they think so. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, they, cer they certainly are. Great. And you've started with Amazon Workspaces. How has that helped you to transform your users' experience in the workspace? Uh, I mean, the, the, the best thing I could say is, like, I have people lining up, uh, knocking on my door to get workspaces, That's which is um, something I've never seen before. <laughs> and you had tried VDI in the past. And uh, we do. We, we have um, some failed VDI implementations in our past. Uh, and, you know, besides... Uh, the complexity in, on on-prem VDI, we just don't want to own that infrastructure. We don't want to live in that world. So desktop as a service is just far more appealing to us. Excellent. And how, where are you at in your rollout in terms of your goals? So we're in relatively early stages still, but um, we, we anticipate somewhere going to around three quarters of our company by, by the end of next year, which wow. is not something we expected initially, but we realize that the, the product is much more capable than, than we thought it would be. Excellent. And any thoughts on where you might engage AWS partners? Some of the um, things you're going to do in the future? So, I mean, where we spend a lot of our time are, are like the workflow automation, which we would rather pay somebody else to do for us. Um, and then the, the metrics and, and data analytics around performance and those sorts of things. Uh, we would love to just buy that from somebody. Good. Great. Well, thanks so much, Ron, and to the rest of the customers that have joined us. This, I hope, was very helpful for you to give you a concrete idea of the use cases, how customers are embracing the technology and the types of benefits that they're realizing. So um, I will continue with a couple slides and then we'll bring our partners up. So thank you very much.
So I mentioned under when I went through the topics at the beginning of the session that we want to be sure to cover how do we help our partners in this space. As you may take a look at developing solutions or practices to go after this new need and support for customers. And we're, we continue to invest AWS in making that entire Windows desktop and application migration simpler and easier. We have a number of partnerships with ISV software providers that provide tools for migrations that automate some of that process, that augment our own AWS services. And for our partners, uh, especially if you're used to or have a long-standing relationship with AWS, you know we put a very high priority on technical enablement in helping you build your AWS practices and your assets for that. In addition, the other thing that I find always of interest to partners as I travel the globe is that our pro professional services organization is really a, a, a significant portion of their charter is to enable our partners. So we have a couple programs there. We have one called Supercharge Internally, where our pro services team can co-deliver a project with you, an initial project, which helps with knowledge transfer. They're also developing workshops in local enablement to help you jumpstart um, your solutions and your practices. And for those interested in um, potentially looking at subcontracting to our pro services, we have the option of master services agreement, which isn't that old of a concept in the company. And that way, if a customer um, would like AWS to be the main point of contact, but then we, they, we want to engage other partners. It's a way, if you had that in place up front, to quickly engage. This syndicated marketing content um, in our APN Partner Central, which replaced our APN portal. And in addition, we have a rich set of incentives programs for both POCs and production deployments. This is just a partial list of those that really relate to the incentive programs for POCs and deployments on migrations and, and even more specifically, uh, desktop and app migrations. Uh, we, they, we have a program that's very broad called Migration Acceleration Program. That's for the very, very large, typically when a customer is undertaking a number of workloads that are moving. And we have another program called Partner Migration Program for the smaller projects, but still nonetheless rich in services enablement. Rethink for Windows. We um, initiated about 18 months ago a program, an Accelerate program for Amazon Workspaces and AppStream, where we will provide credits and, and cash um, for your efforts with partners, with customers, excuse me, for POCs and for production deployments. And we have a Citrix Migration Accelerator program for any Citrix customers looking to migrate as well. And, and this brings up a point around the tie-in to the broader migration opportunity within customers. If you're working with customers and looking at broader workload migration, it's a very simple add-on to ask them what are they doing with their end-user compute. It's an area that they would like to uh, bring along. One reason is technical. If you're going to move the major apps and the data to AWS, they want their end-user services to be close to that. And as evidenced by our customer growth, there's a very sizable opportunity there. And then the second is that your expertise, you're going to be in there anyway. You're going to understand their broader strategy and migration plans. And that's usually a very common element where customers will engage partners. 
So we will switch gears again, and I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, um, Carla Blickenstruffer, and she's going to have our partners join on stage. I'll step away. You just have to use the, oh, you're not even going to advance, so you'll be good. All right. Good afternoon. Come on up. Well, today um, I have with me um, Ragu from Cognizant, and we have Chris from Nuvens, and we have Mark from API Systems. And so, first of all, um, thank you to all of you for coming out today and, and learning more about what we're doing um, with virtualized desktops, desktop as a service. And Cynthia really hit on a lot of great points as to why this is so important in the market, what's going on, what we're seeing um, happen with customers and you know, their request. But So I have the privilege of talking to our partners and um, helping you understand some of the great things that they have done for customers. So I'm going to start with Raghu, and I'm going to ask you, um, so, you know, Cynthia talked a lot about market trends. What are things that you are seeing, you know, as Cognizant? What are, what are things that you're seeing that's motivating you to um, really address these market trends and these changes with the workforce? Yeah, th thanks, Carla. So at Cognizant, um, we as partners, uh, we help customers and their workforce to connect to the desktops and applications remotely in a secure manner. And as Cynthia mentioned earlier, what is driving our AWS workspaces strategies, uh, some of the market drivers that Cynthia mentioned earlier. So 38% of today's US workforce are classified as non-employed. And the, in, the number of users and the proliferation of devices is putting increased pressure on IT. Third is the total mergers and acquisition completed in 2016 was $3.8 trillion. And not to mention that the cybersecurity threats are at an all-time high. All these market drivers are shaping our IT transformation strategy. And at Cognizant, AWS we have selected AWS workspaces as key to our IT transformation strategy. So, so to answer your question, Carla, these four market drivers as mentioned are, uh, are I mean, uh, shaping our transformation strategy workspaces. Yeah. Right, yeah. and that's, you know, when I think about yeah. um, all of those factors and right. then how Cognizant has addressed right. them, you know, as John said, it mm. really does play well with some of the things that you've been able to help them do at Pathion. Right. Um, you know, while we're on this question, mm. I, I, I know mm. that, um, you know, Chris, you had mentioned that some of the motivation for Nuvens has, had been around um, some compliance as well as some economic factors for the UK. Can you just speak to that briefly? I think we have enough time. To yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we were lucky enough to work with a large um, global recruitment company, um, and they were looking to go to the OPEX model um, around a VDI solution. And uh, um, the driver behind that was uh, it was from the CFO because we have Brexit, obviously, and the, the uncertainties which come with that. Um, so any solution which he wanted to put in place, he wanted to pay for it as he needed it. Um, and he wanted to scale like he needed to do now, but also if things go wrong, he wants to drop off. So um, they decided on workspaces, and as a part of the migration, uh, we um, migrated a lot of the local data from users' laptops and uh, desktops to a centralized secure storage in Amazon S3. Um, and that allowed them, since has already mentioned GDPR, mm -hmm. um, that allowed them to tick a number of boxes which they were unable to tick before. Um, and then continue on their path to make them compliant um, by the end of um, May 2018. 
Wow. And that impacted about 4,000. Yeah, that was 4,000. Yeah, 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 which is a significant number. And, you know, along this line, um, because this is one of the projects that you, you did with the transformation of CapEx really to OpEx, but I think, Raghu, you had mentioned when we had talked earlier that you, one of the projects that you had worked on, that there was a significant amount of savings in time for provisioning. Do you want to talk about that statistic? Because I thought that was really significant. Yes, yes. So recently we were working with a manufacturing company in Central America. And uh, we had taken over their service desk operations. And the help desk analysts were distributed in five countries. And we had to provision desktops for them with the IVR software installed on it. So, so initially, I mean, we were, I mean, there was a proposal to do VDI. And, but we picked AWS workspaces. And then we provisioned um, uh, workspaces for close to 150 plus help desk analysts located in five countries in a matter of days. This would have been unthinkable in a traditional VDA solution. Uh, I think we think that's a great success story. So. All right. And uh, the cost savings is like 30% toward a traditional uh, VDA yeah. solution. And then it, it was done in a matter of days, two to three right. days. Right, and yeah. I think you had said that there was about an 80% um, um, savings with efficiency and productivity I mean, yes. from time to provision. Right. I mean, th that, that's a lot of revenue that can be generated when you're saving 80% of, of a company's Absolutely. time not to, to market. Yeah, not to mention the agility and the right. speed with which you can do things. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, I'm not going to let you off the hook with this question. I want you to talk a little bit about um, how you've had a project that you've impacted um, positively, the large deployment, desktop as a service, using workspaces. Just some of the, the things that you saw from that project that um, was really significant for that, for that company. Sure, thank you, Carl. Um, so at API, we've been working with desktop as a service uh, for about 10 years now, but more on the on-premises BDI model. And we realized early on that this was a model that we couldn't keep up with. Simply put, the customer's consumption model never matched our procurement model. We were always behind. And then when we had workforce transformation uh, initiatives come our way, such as contingent workforce labor, uh, we, we could never meet the demand. Thus, we, we had to look to a cloud provider to help us, and that was Amazon Workspaces. So what we found was, as a practice, we had to pivot a bit and move away from that traditional on-premises VDI and go more towards a uh, services-oriented model, where we're doing less of the hands-on work and more of the actual touching of the user with their access to applications and access to desktops. And for that, we found it was an epiphany. Uh, we woke up and said, wow, you know, this is a really good model because we're no longer uh, installing Kit all mm -hmm. the time. So what that allowed us to do is really get the users onboarded fast and quickly and off-board as well. Because that's one thing that's often missed in typical VDI yep. scenarios. Really good at deploying it, horrible at reclaiming it. In a desktop as a service model, you get that all baked in with your integration points to your service management tools. So that was one key thing where we found the workflow, workflows automation and integration into ITSM products such as ServiceNow or uh, BMC Remedy. And, and along those lines, because with this project, um, I think what might have shaped a little bit of your strategy was some of the offerings that you have. Can you tell us about um, how this workplace transformation, workforce transformation, helped shape offerings? And I'm not letting any of you off the hook on this one. So, you know, what are some of those things that shape those offerings? And then I'll come back to you guys and ask about some of the benefits, but let's talk a little bit about those offerings 
So we had to re-evaluate our offerings as a service, and one key area was uh, automation and workflow. Uh -huh. uh, historically, we would hire virtualization engineers and people well-versed with desktop virtualization. However, we shifted and we started hiring actual software engineers to uh -huh. actually work on these workflows, to work with these cloud APIs. So we really shifted going from more of a uh, traditional stack-built company with uh, specificity in those layers to more on the application side and development and DevOps. So Chris, what about some of your offerings? Yeah, so we, uh, we started originally um, just an AWS specialist trying to do a broad range of AWS services. But mm -hmm. what happened was um, we deployed a number of um, workspaces deployments into a number of our customers, and they, they liked it so much um, that we thought that there was a big market in the UK for this. And so we've really focused on, on the workspaces market um, and the complementary technologies which go around that. Right. Um, and yeah, we've built a workspace practice now, and. Uh, uh, are taking on projects every um, every other week, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and great success. And you've done some specialization through with some industry verticals as a result of yeah, this too. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah. So we specialize in the finance market first of all, because um, they tend to be fairly early adopters of technology, um, and they like to have the best. And in our opinion, Workspace is the best video solution out there. Um, and we also deal in the recruitment market because that's where my um, CTO's background is, and a recruitment market also has a very high churn of staff. Right. I think Jeff mentioned earlier that one of the issues which um, um, the IT departments have is because they've got such a high churn of staff is that it's the, the provisioning and reprovisioning of laptops was mm -hmm. really time consuming. And our customers think that they save about 80% of the time uh, doing this by using workspace instead. So. Thank you. And Raghu, you, I thought what was interesting, we talked about this question. Um, you know, Cognizant has done some great work, and some of your offerings have now um, reflected a TCO model. So do you want to talk a little bit about how your offerings have changed or have become improved or, you know, more, um, or you've catered more to the customers as a result of workspaces? Right, right. So Cognizant's offerings for AWS obviously covers the entire breadth and breadth of AWS services. With respect to works, uh, workspaces, um, uh, we, we have two core offerings. One is the professional services or the consulting, where we help customers design their uh, desktop as a service strategy, right from selecting the user, designing the user personas. And also, the, we have a lot of accelerators that would help them migrate uh, their desktops from on-prem to workspaces very quickly. So that's, that's our core offering, but we also um, uh, offer managed services, which is, I mean, after you had mi migrated to AWS workspaces, we run the daily operations for our customers, like, uh, like um, uh, my colleagues here. Uh, it is heavily automated, so we take the DevOps approach of uh, managing those environment on workspaces. With respect to total cost of ownership, we also help customers come up with uh, a comparison between their on-prem solution on AWS workspaces, and with respect to the cost savings that they can achieve of migrating to AWS workspaces, and also the operational reduction in operational expenses through Cognizance managed services. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to come back to Mark to talk about um, some of the benefits, um, because I think this applies really to all the partners. And um, one of the um, additional things, and Cynthia had mentioned this earlier that I wanted to point out, is that with some of those offerings, um, partners like Mark and, and even um, Ragu have become um, MSA or have MSAs with AWS. So um, I'll let you kind of summarize the benefits that you've seen, and then that'll kind of wrap up our partner session. 
Uh, I mean, right from the start, you hit the ground running with a partner like Amazon because we don't have the lead generation power that Amazon's going to have. So that's one major benefit right there. Uh, then having the MSA cuts through a lot of red tape, especially when you're working with large enterprise organizations such as a pharma or financial company. So that can save, uh, you know, probably six months of time often to get paper with a specific customer where we're, we're able to hit the ground running under the Amazon MSA and start work immediately. All right. So thank you um, for, for coming today, for your time, your commitment, sharing your experiences. Um, we love having you as partners and, and look forward to the future partnership and it growing and, um, and more partners, you know, to maybe join you in this um, you know, adventure with workspaces and AppStream. Um, and so I just want to kind of summarize, because what we've heard today from our partners is that um, with the changing workforce, whether it's a remote office or it's um, other places around the globe, you know, there, there really is a benefit to um, have your workers be as productive as possible and to connect information securely so that there is efficiency and that it's very effective to work in, in this way. And then, um, you know, with Amazon Web Services, you know, we offer Amazon Workspaces and AppStream um, as well as other solutions in our EUC portfolio to be able to transform um, your workplace. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. You can just go right there. Thank you um, to the partners uh, for sharing your experiences. I hope it spurred some ideas from people in the audience for how you can change your business to bring you know, additional services and assistance to customers undertaking um, their projects for work uh, space transformation. And the, a lot of the service we talked about today was workspaces, and that's because uh, the service has been out longer. But um, we do have some examples, and Johnson Johnson mentioned their undertaking starting down with AppStream. And I think when you see us here, the next time you'll hear a lot more of the use cases around AppStream as well. So just to wrap up, the key takeaways. Because of the forces, the workforce trends as well as the technology trends, customers are embracing and looking for new ways to get work done. And they need partners to help. Um, there's new, two types of use cases going into what we call the green field, where someone's using more the traditional um, non-virtualized environment, quickly getting them up and running with these AWS services. And usually, based on that, they can get a good idea of the user experience as well as the, the cost and efficiency um, benefits to them. There's a rich services opportunity for partners in the sense that customers are looking for support in many different areas, including ongoing managed services. And as part of our APN program, there's a wide range of resources and programs. Too many to go into detail here, but if you visit the APN Partner Central, as well, we'll be here after the session. We can speak with you about a number of them. So really, the call to action to close is don't wait to open the dialogue with your customers, especially if you're talking with about them about migration in general and migrating workloads. It's logical that the virtual desktops and apps should be co-located with the other major applications and data that they're migrating. So take that opportunity and just ask that simple question, and we believe you'll probably surface some opportunity, and then hopefully we'll engage with you to bring those to fruition. So I want to thank everyone for their time, especially our panelists of customers and partners. 
and wish you all a good rest of reInvent, and please do remember to complete your evaluation forms. Thank you.